but we are doing a, a series on prayer right now. We started last week talking about prayer and fasting in Matthew chapter 17 and about the little boy who had an issue and, and the disciples couldn't heal him. And Jesus said, you know, how long do I got to be with you guys? And we were talking about how it's important in our, in our life right now in this day and age that we learn to disconnect from the world and we learn to connect with God. I thought it was super powerful, um, at least it was to me. So I've been trying to do that in my life. And then he talked about how some things don't happen without prayer and fasting where we learn to um, reconnect with God and disconnect from the world. And, uh, and so in this season, I've been cutting off all kinds of things that I, I love that I don't need. It's, it's a season. And I'm lear- everything in my life that I'm letting go of right now, I'm tripping over the reality that I want God more and more and more. And so what I'm realizing in this season of desensitizing myself, it's bringing me back to an awareness of God, God, God. And I'm saying it all day long now. And um, this is just Tim. But I, some of you may not have jumped in with us on this fast, but I really do want to encourage you, please try Try to give something to the Lord that costs you something. Something that will be difficult, but will cause you to want Him more. And what I'm realizing is I want to love God all day long, but I think about so many other things that I also love that takes the place of my love for Christ. And so I'm, I'm literally just stirring up a greater love for God in my life right now by letting go of other things that don't mean as much. Now, please understand, food means a great deal to me. One, I need to live. Two, I like it, man. You guys like food, I know, but you don't understand. I love food. I think about what I'm eating for lunch as I'm eating breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I plan things out. I don't plan nothing in my life. I ask my wife, I don't plan nothing, but I plan what I eat. And uh, anyways, I'm planning what I'm eating in, 20, in 14 days from today. Uh, cool. So join us in fasting, if you would. Um, I've got to get rid of these little candies here. This is going to kill me here. It'll be the death of me. And then, Brady, will you get me a drink, if you don't mind? Yeah, if you guys have your phones, would you get them out? Um, today, I'm going to ask you guys to text in. If you've never been here before, we text attendance. This is how we know that you're here. If you don't want us to know, you ain't got to do nothing. But if you do want us to know and you've never texted in before, then uh, we've got a gift for you. And uh, you can only find out by texting in. It's really crazy. Uh, yep, bam, thank you. Um, 777-3520. Uh, the key word today is prayer two. So just type in prayer two and someone will text you back and, uh, and we'll meet you at the table in the back. You can ask someone there, I heard you had a gift for me and uh, we'll get you something. It'd be cool. I've, I don't know how to say this. I'm not nervous today. It actually makes me nervous <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm not nervous. Isn't that weird? Man, I don't know what's going on. It's kind of like this creepy feeling right now. I'm like, what's happening? We're talking about prayer. I want to let you know, wasn't it a great time in worship this morning? Man, I just loved it. I've been trying to think of something. What does a move of God look like today? When the ones I see, I don't like. And so what I realize is that the moves of God that I look at, the reason why I don't like them is because I'm not the one standing in it, right? I think a revival is when God revives your heart. So it's when like he provokes you to just be like, ah, I want you so much, God. You're so great. You're so wonderful. That's revival. The reason why we don't like some of the ones that you see on TV or the ones you read about or the ones you saw or heard is because you're not, it's not you. 
And so you can study it and whatever. You're only going to like the one that you like. Well, anyways, we want to do something where we have revival in our church. But we don't want to have revival in our church because I've seen them, right? And so how do I get revival without having revival? It's a really crazy concept. Anyways, we're going to do a, like a camp meeting uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, we're calling it Hunger and Thirst. And uh, you're going to get some text messages about it. It's going to be Friday night and Saturday night at, at 6.30. And uh, we're just going to gather and we're going to worship. And we're just going to worship, we're going to worship. And uh, it's going to be little teaching, a lot of worship. And the hope is that you just go after God, that you lose your voice singing that night. I pray you go to work. If you come to church Sunday, horse. Um, but Friday night and Saturday night, if you would mark your calendars, we're going we're gonna to go after the Lord. And it's going to be pretty cool. Does that make sense? I, I just want more of God. And um, I don't know how else to do it. Uh, but I know that something wonderful happens when God's people come together. And I don't want it to look like anything else we've ever, it's ever looked like before. I just want it to be something completely awesome and different where we enjoy our Savior. And uh, anyways, hunger and thirst. Cool. Done. Here we go. 26th and 27th. Did everyone get a wristband this morning? If um, we, 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 They only come in two sizes. They come in adult and, and small. Um, and so if you um, fall into the category of itty-bitty, we, uh, lucky for you, we've got itty-bitty sizes. Uh, and so uh, I about uh, lost all circulation in my hand trying to put this thing on. But once I got it on, I fit, you know. I may have to cut it off, but we'll find out. After the fast, it may just fall off. Who knows? Uh, and so uh, anyways, uh, we have this little reminder that we want to uh, give to you guys, and it's, it's simply just pray first. And uh, it's, it's the cry of my heart. I, I, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do in, in the morning, I want to pray. Uh, I want everything in my life to be provoked and come out of prayer. I, I, I know that people that have been Christian for long periods of time agree with this theology, yet the practice is something that's very difficult to get your feet to follow. But I want to pray first in everything that I do. Before I eat lunch, I want to pray. Every, my wife, uh, she's so good at prayer, man. She always makes me pray in situations where I, I even don't even feel like it anymore. But I feel like I'm praying for everything now. And so I, now I take the kids to school. Before they get out of the car, we got to stop. Sometimes we have to pull over in the car line, which is like a sin. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, you're not allowed to do that. And so we pull over, and we'll pr pray with the kids before they get us. We want to pray first for everything we do. Before we go to bed at night, I want to pray. Before you have these meetings of your, for your workplace, we want you to pray. Uh, we want you to pray first in everything that you do. Put the Lord first. Give Him an opportunity to speak to you and give you wisdom. Some of you guys in your workplace, you need God's favor. There's nothing wrong with you. Listen. There's a scenario that we live in that um, if we speak out loud that we're Christian, that we're imposing our religion on other people, and we can lose our job for that. I want to let you know, that's absolutely, completely controversy. Now, that's the opposite effect. Now, you're allowed to pray anywhere you want, and they can't fire you for it. Because they'd, they'd be infringing on your rights in order you to pray. Let people know, hey, just before we do something here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray real quick. Uh, my friend Will Dole does it all the time at work, man. You'd be see how his whole business is thriving because dude prays for everyone that walks into his gym. Uh, it's the only reason why he's got a company. Will, if you stop doing that, man, no one's gonna like you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I love you, man. You're awesome. Pray first. The Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse sixteen through eighteen: Rejoice always. Pray continually. Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I 
Love this verse. If you want to memorize one of the shortest verses in the Bible, Jesus wept, that one works. Give thanks. You memorized the verse today. Congratulations. Uh, and pray continually. Pray always, the scripture would say. Pray continually. God doesn't want you to stop giving thanks and praying continually. Some of you need to hear that. Some of you, if you know that you have a problem being uh, kind of where you, the stinking thinking where you look at every situation in a negative light, Give thanks continually. Give thanks continually. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. You can break bad habits of the way that you talk and the way that you think by giving thanks. By just being so dang grateful for everything, then nothing's wrong. Nothing is wrong in our lives, but we have a pattern of seeing that everything is somehow out to get us. It's terrible. Give thanks in all things and pray continually. That's my prayer for our church right now. And my prayer today is that God would stir up your prayer life. I want to remind you, I had an English teacher when I was in sixth grade, and, uh, and he would say, um, Tim, if you want to learn these words, you got to read them every day. And I'd be like, yeah, right. It was like English. You know, I, I couldn't spell. And he'd like, you got to read them every day. And I'm like, yeah, right. And he goes, this doesn't work, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, great. I get that. Um, my... my you can't have relationship with God without prayer. It's impossible. And some of us know a lot about God. We've been around things with God. We've been in the spirit of God. And we even work for the Lord. But you can't have relationship with him unless you talk to him. This is what I'm trying to do today is to provoke an easier access of dialogue between you and Jesus. Pray continually. Man, I think this is going to be really, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this. This is the culture of our church, that we are a praying people. We believe in prayer. We believe that prayer works. Prayer is effective. Did you know that studies today, scientists and doctors would agree that prayer will extend your life, that it's healthy for you to pray? I think about that in so many ways. One, just the ability, the advantage that we have on the competition of everyone else in this world of being able to let go of stress. I've got someone that I can run to that's a partner that is, in cap that is capable of anything in this world. That's a fantastic advantage that we've got. And for us to not utilize that and choose to carry that stress on our own is foolish. Hmm. Pray continually. Pray continually. And so we're a praying church. That's how we got started. Tracy, I was thinking just the other day about how, remember every Saturday morning when we would get together, I'd make you guys come together and we'd pray and we'd pray and we'd pray and we would just be yelling and yelling and screaming and carrying on, praying for folks. Uh, this, we believe that prayer changes things. Studies say today that even non-Christians believe that prayer works, that prayer changes things. Everyone believes it, but it's hard to get us all to do it. And I think that that's the scenario, and that's going to be the bottom line, is how do I do it? So why don't we pray more if we believe? Why don't we pray more? Well, let's pray about it. God, Jesus, help. Amen. 
I believe that this mat, this subject today is very important to Jesus. Um, I think he's, he actually wants to make some changes in your life. Before I say anything else, are you willing to make anything change in your life? If something is said that's convicting, would you allow it to move you? Would you allow anything in your life to find, to be reevaluated with order and priority? If something is said today that says, you know what, I need that more than XYZ in my life. We made a statement last week that really provoked my heart and it really caught my wife. And when my wife said it after I knew it, then I really knew that I was supposed to know that this is important. We give up things that we love for things that we love more. We give up things that we love for things that we love more. Think about it in your life. You can see it everywhere. But I'm asking you to give up things in your life for things that you love more. Prayer. So I came up with a couple things um, of reasons of why people don't pray. And I think that for a lot of folks here today, there's a, there's a couple reasons. There's, but I'm going to narrow it down into two scenarios. And I believe that some of the things I'm going to say, there's two sermons coming at you, and they're going to be kind of quick. Um, but man, it, really beautiful to find freedom in this subject. One, one of the greatest reasons why a lot of people are struggling to develop their prayer life is because of shame. I see this on a lot of people. And I, what's funny is I was thinking about it just this week, and I asked my kids about it. Uh, we were driving to, to school in the morning, and I said to my kids, I said, hey, guys, point number one. Is God angry with us when we don't pray? And they looked at us and said, yeah. No. 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 God's not mad at you when you don't pray. I don't know where you picked that up or where you learned it, but I want you to know that one of the reasons why I think it's so hard for us to pray is because we're carrying this shame because we haven't done it right Almost like you're a son and you're a daughter and he loves you. That's it. You fulfilled everything that God ha wants to do in your life just by being you. He loves you. Now, there are things he would like you to do in life, sure, but it doesn't change God's love for you because you're not good at prayer or because you don't pray a lot. And so what I see is that a lot of people approach prayer with shame and they feel like I can't pray because I don't pray. I don't know how to talk to God because I, I, look, my past is littered with a lack of prayer. So how do I start now? And we almost feel like God is not approachable because we haven't had a good prayer life in our past. And I want you to know that this is everything that is absolutely wrong. My wife um, told me a story about our son recently. Uh, he was struggling at school and he was trying to pass a test. And he was trying so hard that he started crying, and he wasn't able to finish his test. And the teacher told my wife that she asked him why he was crying and he was upset. And it was because he was upset that dad would be upset with him because he failed his test. And I realized that this is the same pattern that a lot of us carry in our view of God, is that we feel that God is somehow upset with us, that somehow God is angry at you. Listen, he, God's big. Like, he holds the universe in his hand. 
He doesn't need, like, the little things that you're not doing right don't just unravel his whole life. He, he just loves you. You're simply his son or you're his daughter. And, and that's, that's it. Listen, I want to read you a verse. I want to kind of show you. This isn't just my thought pattern, but is God angry at us when we don't pray? God won't be angry at us because we don't pray to him. Listen to this. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, Scotty, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Even when you were a hot mess, when your life was incomplete, when you were lying and hiding and prideful and arrogant and, and angry and lustful and vengeful, he loved you. And he loved you so much that Christ was willing to come and give his life for you. God is not upset with you. All he wants is for you to come. All he wants is for you to come to him. And anything inside of you that would have any kind of feeling that's going on in your heart or in your mind or in your soul that would be contrary to God desiring you more is something that I don't know where you're gathering it. But I know as a father... I just always just want my kids. I always just want them. When they're a hot mess, when they're a fool, when my kid dresses crazy. I mean, he dresses the craziest. Today, he, he was dressed for church. He had a bandana wrapped around his face and a hat on like this. I thought he was like in the, in, in the bloods, you know, like he's, I'm like, what are you doing? So where are you? You are not going to church. Like, I love him. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like the heart of the father for you is I love you. I was thinking about this. I hope I say this right because I'm kind of emotional at this moment. Let me have a sip of water. I know. I saw him too. It's crazy. My little blood. Um, you live. It's my little blood, you know. But I need Logan for that one. You like that one? Um, my mom, she has three kids and... Um, my mom became born again after I did um, about 17 years ago, and so now she loves the Lord. And uh, every parent has their you know, things that they may not have done right, but one of the things that my mom does just better than anyone I've ever met in my life is my mom is very good at loving unconditionally. She just loves, and I've learned to love because of the way my mom has loved. She was a single mom as I was raised. And uh, raising three kids, she had two jobs, and it was like she was never around, but she just loved. And to this day, um, my brother, she's so proud of him. He's 40 years old. Last year, his girlfriend overdosed on heroin. My brother's life has been a mess for as long as I can remember. And just this week, my mom was so happy, she called me on the phone and said, guess what happened today? What, mom? Robbie moved back in home with us. That's great, mom. He's 40 years old. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you're happy that your 40-year-old son just moved back in with you. What a good day. And I realized that that's love. It doesn't matter. I want you. Where is it that we thought that you don't need, you can't approach God because he's not interested in you? It's wrong. One of the other thoughts that I realized about prayer that is pretty significant to me, at least in the lines of these things, is that I realized that a lot of us believe 
that God, so I asked the kids, I said, does, is, uh, does, when we don't pray, does God get angry at us? And they said, yes. And so I said, okay, if we do pray, does God love us more? And they thought about it and they go, Anthony's trying to trigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we do pray, he will love us more. And let me start here. No, no, no. There's nothing that you can do that's going to make God love you more. When my son, when he, when he goes and plays baseball and he hits a home run, I don't love him more. Just as proud of him. Just as proud of him when he strikes out. In fact, sometimes when he strikes out, I'm more proud of him because I see his effort. I don't know where you've struck out in your life, but God loves your effort. And I don't know what it is inside of us that feels like the only way that we get to love God is by fulfilling these requirements. Like, I'm not more of a Christian because I read my word, I follow his spirit, I'm generous, and I'm religious. These are just things that I love to do because I know God loves them. What I want to say is, as I'm fasting this week, it doesn't make God love me more. Not one bit. And for those of us that fell off the wagon trying to fast this week, God doesn't love you any less. It's just the same. You're just his kid. And I see this in my mom. And I was thinking about, Mom, what is it in my brother that you're so proud of? He hasn't done anything. And then I realized, man, Tim, you're so self-righteous. That's the problem. He doesn't need to do anything to be loved. He's her son. You don't have to pray for God to love you more. That's what makes prayer so beautiful. Because if you're, if you're trying to pray to make God love you more, you're, you're going to be there with all this effort and it's not going to be right. It's like if you're trying to date someone so that way they like you. You're trying to do all these things. You can't make someone like you. You can't make your spouse love you. You can't make your friends like you. You can't make anyone like you. And if you do live your life in a way where you're trying to get people to look at you and be pleased with you, oh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. You can't make God love you more by praying more. Pastor, that sounds terrible. Well, let, me, let me read you two verses here. Let me show it to you. Nope. It's just one. Actually, I was supposed to read a different verse earlier, and I didn't read that one, but here you go. Here's another one. Here's 1 John 4, chapter 10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Not that you loved God, but that he loved you. And you don't have to go to love him for him to love you. He loved you first. He'll always love you first. God is love. This is who he is. He loves his sons and daughters. He loves his creation. He is, the fact that you've got a thumbprint on your thumb that's different than 7 billion people fascinates him. He likes the way he made you. And he's interested in you. That's when prayer is effective. When you're not there to fulfill anything, but because you want to be there. I'm here right now, God, because I want to love you. I'm here, God, because I want to know you. God's love is always going to be like gravity. It's always just going to fall on you. It's always just going to be there for you. You don't have to do anything for it to work. It's there. Does that make sense? I know this is a struggle because I know if I was to ask people right now, in your prayer life, how many of you feel confident in your prayer life? Many people would be like, ah, oh, why? He likes you. You're good. 
You don't have to pray tomorrow. You don't have to pray today. You don't have to pray. He, he's still going to like you. I may not like you. <laughs> might, might not. The third thing about prayer that I think is important for you to know. I asked the kids that. So I said, uh, I said all right, so uh, if, um, if you don't pray, will God be mad at you? Yes. The answer is no. Well, that's wrong, and I, I try to encourage them why. And then I said, well, if you do pray, does that make God love you more? And they said, and the answer is no. And I was like, okay, so here's the third question I got for you then. Then if you pray, does that mean that God will bless you? And that by this time, they kind of caught on, and they were like, you see where I'm going? So if you pray, does that mean that God will bless you? And they said, no. But the answer is Yes. The answer is yes. If you do pray, God will bless you. I could show you all throughout Scripture. For if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, if they seek my face and humble their then I, then I will hear them of their, of their prayers, and, and I'll forgive them. If you will, there are reasons. There's a million reasons to meet with God. He will bless you if you pray. I can prove it. Prayer, it's not about blessing, but I'll tell you, when you get close to someone, it sure makes it a lot easier to bless someone. For example, I have friends that I knew 10 years ago. I know them. I know them very well. But it's hard for me to bless them because I'm not in relationship with them today. I know them. I love them. I'll never stop loving them. I find this, uh, all right, I'm not going to go down that path. When you love someone, you never stop loving them. But it, does, it makes it really hard to bless them when you're not in relationship with them. Do you understand? But the only way to have relationship with God is with prayer. And I'm not telling you that you go to God to receive blessing. No, but it's one of the really cool perks. So when you get to meet with a God that can create galaxies, He can do some really cool things. He can open up some really neat doors for you if you let Him. I find the only times that God is upset with me is when I'm refusing to pray and I'm taking care of my own details on my own. Anyone else ever done this before? I, 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 maybe I'm just that guy. Okay. Here's a couple verses that will prove to you that if you pray, God will bless you. Matthew chapter 6. When you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and, you're, and, and pray to your father in private. And then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. Whoa. He will bless you if you pray to him. My kids were like, Dang, he's, I can't win on this situation. And I just realized that, well, like if my kids believe this theology, it's not that we believe it, it's that we have learned it. It's that somewhere in life, life has taught us not to approach God, and the enemy has tricked us into believing that we're not good enough if we don't pray, and we're only good when we pray, and that God won't bless us if we don't. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, there are blessings to meeting with God. One of the great, let me show you another one. This isn't my word, I want to remind you. I'm not making these things up. God created the Word of God. It is here for us to understand how a relationship with Him works. And use this. Use it this week. Pray first. This would be cool. This is another cool verse. I want you to try this. Try this this week. John chapter 16, verse 23 through 24. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. Jesus is saying, when I ascend to heaven. But I tell you the truth, that you will ask the Father directly. And He will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. But ask, 
using my name, and you will receive, and you will have an abundant joy. Ask anything you want. and Do it in my name, and you'll receive it. There is a blessing to meeting with the Lord. And I was thinking about the, the la- one of the other cool perks. My favorite perk, honestly, is that when I meet with the Lord, what is it, James chapter um, 4 verse 8? There it is. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. One of the other cool perks is that the Lord loves me so much that any time that I want his attention, I can get it. That's a cool blessing to be able to meet with the Lord. We've dumbed this thing down so much that we forget what it's like to meet with the Lord. Pray always. Absolutely. Pray without ceasing. Yes. But there is something that is so wonderful about having alone time with the Lord. Because something happens when you draw near to the Lord. He comes. And I was thinking about it. I was sitting in prayer this week. And I had a really neat prayer time. And I wanted to define what it, what it felt like. And it was the, I'm a communicator. Oh my gosh, oh my God. It was the heart. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Okay. It was one of the hardest things to define the feeling of what it's like to know something so simple. Joy and peace. These are the only two words I can come up with. And I actually didn't know how to describe joy. And I didn't know how to describe peace. I had to really think about it after prayer for your sake. And here's what I came up with. The joy of knowing that I can be friends with someone so attractive that all of the nations want to meet with him. And he comes and sits by me. Makes me feel important. Makes me feel like I'm valued. Makes me realize I'm his son. Gives me a lot of confidence. I was struggling with some issues this last week while I was fasting. Fasting breaks you down. I don't know if you've ever done this before. It makes you feel like a worm. And I was building myself up as he was there, and I was reminding myself, man, I'm important because of the person that's here with me. And then this peace came. And this peace reminded me What do I worry about? Think about it. This dude used to say this. I say this sometimes at church. I know this evangelist that used to send us out into the hood. And he'd say, hey, don't worry. If they beat you up, God will heal you. If they kill you, you'll be with God. I'm like, that sounds terrible. This is really good news. Think about it. If you're meeting with the one that can save your soul, what are we worried about? And when you're sitting with him and he's with you, there is peace. What is broken? What is out of order? Hmm. That was one half of the sermon. I said it was going to be short. I can't split it up. I have to do both of them today. JB, we're going to end with your word. There's like a lot of people came to me and said they have word of the Lord today. And I'm just excited, man, because I feel like God is really moving in a lot. Shannon, I'm really glad you're back. I know it's really crazy. We've been praying for Selah, and what a miracle. I'm so, I'm so proud. I'm so grateful to know that God's with you. 
I know you prayed this last week more than anyone in this church. <laughs> That's her nature. Oh, man. All right. Shannon's daughter um, had a pretty crazy trauma, and uh, she was on her face asking that God would save her life. And, man, did he ever. So happy. Okay. Many of us... Uh, have a heart many of for and for many of us i believe it is oh why why is it that we have a hard time praying for many of us it's because we struggle with this shame issue like we don't know how to approach god because we're not good at it and we only do it because we want to earn his love second reason i think a lot of us struggle with prayer is because we haven't found the rhythm that makes prayer easy what do you mean by that how many people are single in this room right now just throw your hands up scotty are you taking notes right now trying to get this dude married man he's been my boy for a long time love you man love you i'm the pastor you gotta love me okay here we go so um for those of you that are single listen to this how how awkward is first dates it's so uncomfortable isn't it you ever just meet with someone? All right, let's not take it. Let's, let's say it's not a date. Let's say it's uh, meeting a person for the first time. For some people, I'm an extrovert. I can talk to a wall. It's very easy for me. <laughs> for my wife, she finds it very difficult because she's an introvert. It's not because she doesn't love. In fact, she prays for all of you more than I do. Um, but as an introvert, it's very hard for her. And so first-time conversations, like before church. Anyone have a hard time meeting someone for the first time before church? It's like, what do I say? And I think it's very easy. Hey. How are you? How are you doing? Where are you from? Tell me about your life. How'd you hear about us? It's very easy. Some people, it's not easy. And, um, and so it's awkward to have relationships when you don't know the rhythm of the relationship yet. Right? One, if you have a hard time praying, first thing you're not doing right is you're not using the word. Because it would be like this. If you're trying to get to know someone, imagine this. Imagine you have a blind date with someone. And you get to read their autobiography before the date. Makes it a little bit easier, right? It's like you get the cheat codes. It's fantastic. God's giving you the cheat codes and what to talk to him about, about what's going on. He's roadmapping our life. And if we don't use the word, it's going to make it a little bit more difficult. That's just one trick. But as I was realizing that some of us don't know the rhythms of prayer or what to say, so when we pray, we often find ourselves in a routine of saying the same things and getting the same responses. Anyone in here in the same situation? Some people are really good at prayer, and you're like, this is like a really boring adolescent uh, teaching. And then for everyone else in the room, um, here's what I know is that I am, I've been a Christian now 17 years, and I can pray. I can pray the pain off these walls. But there's been seasons in my life where I didn't even know how to say his name, where I've been upset or grieved or confused or overwhelmed, and I don't know what to do. And I just need some time to go by. Maybe we can, anyone else ever been in a season? Finding the rhythm of prayer is important. Here's what I learned. Here's a trick. I'm going to show you guys a trick. Everyone ready for a trick? It's going to make prayer more comfortable for you. When I go into a conversation with someone that I don't know that well, I oftentimes, if it's a scheduled meeting, I'll plan the conversation. I'll ask about things that I know that this person enjoys and things that I want to know. I'll plan questions. Does that make sense? There's nothing wrong with this. It helps you introduce yourself to someone else. So let me tell you a story. 
in the Bible, there was these guys that Jesus is walking on earth, and he has 12 disciples. These disciples are following him. They're doing everything in his life, and he commissions them to go and heal the sick. These guys can pray. They're walking up to people that have leprosy. They're praying for them. They're getting healed. Pretty cool stuff. They're praying for the handicapped and the blind, and their people are getting healed. These guys know how to pray, right? Wrong. Watch, I know I'm tricking everyone here. I'm tricking my kids. I'm tricking you guys. Here we go. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, the disciples are hearing Jesus pray, and they're going, man, that, that doesn't sound like any prayer I've ever heard in my whole life. Jesus, can you teach us? Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came up to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. These guys are already able to pray for the sick and do more than some of us are able to do, right? But they're asking Jesus to teach them how to pray. Well, Jesus fires back with, this is how you pray. And so what I realize is that some of us don't know, we're not really good at it. There is a structure that we can pray that can instantly improve everyone's prayer life in this room. And so here's the reality. Nope, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to go to it. I'm going to teach you guys it. You ready? Who wants to learn? Who wants to learn how to pray? Yeah! Who wants to learn how to pray? All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. I'm going to do it as quickly as I can. Our Father, who art in heaven, one, whenever you start with prayer, don't start with your crap. Don't start with your to-do list. Don't start with what's wrong. Don't start with my car's broken. Don't start with my marriage is broken. It ain't going to work, Jack. I'm telling you right now. You're going to leave frustrated. Because it, it ain't about you. In any relationship, you can't walk into any relationship complaining. Who are Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. First thing, our Father who art in heaven. One, know who you're praying to. That's a big deal, who I'm sitting with right now. Give him that respect when you sit down with him. And then recognize... This dude's actually kind of a big deal. He's actually in heaven, and he's on a throne. And he's, you know, kind of start off with the reality that you're talking to a bigger than Trump. You know what I mean? This guy's, he's a big deal. Two, I'm serious, this helps. What I do with the Lord's Prayer is I break it up into sections. I'm going to break it up into six sections for you tonight. Our Father who in, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Can you go back one verse? Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. And I start there. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Prayer always works when the Holy Spirit comes. The Bible says that he wants you to learn how to pray in the Spirit. And so when you're praying, if the Holy Spirit is there, it's a lot easier to be effective praying when you're praying with the Holy Spirit. Anyone else amen me here? Help me out for the rest of the sermon if you agree with me. All right, so next thing. So, if, so hallowed be your name. What I do is I praise his name. And I don't do nothing for a few minutes. And I mean, I do this. I think of all the names of God. I, don't, I did a study once on all the names of God. I can't even remember. I think I ended with 75. There, there, there's plenty more. The Rose of Sharon, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning, the End, the, um, the Tree, the Root of David. He's, anyone else help me out here? The Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. The, man, I mean, there's a lot. And just start off with the names of God. Why? Because you realize you're talking to someone who's a problem solver. 
my defense, my deliverer, my rock, and my fortress. You start there. Then you go on to the next thing. Jesus, this is Jesus' outline to his disciples, which we are. Point number two. So I've never, let me, let me just go back. Because I'm his disciple, I've never graduated from this. I know that this sounds adolescent to some, but I've never gotten better than this prayer. Point number two, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I stop, and I know that I'm coming to prayer with an agenda because I start every day with an agenda. I know I got to feed the kids. I got to wash their face. I got to comb their hair. I gotta, there's, a, there's an agenda before they, I even leave the house. But when I'm starting prayer, I don't have an agenda when I'm sitting with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and my rock and my deliverer. And my so Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done. <laughs> I surrender my life. I'm letting go. And this is all you're doing, is you're letting go of your will. Then we go on to the next one. Point number three, give us today our daily bread. Lord, I trust you. Today, I trust you. I trust you for my finances. I trust you for my wife's healing. I trust you for my, I trust you. I trust you for our church. I trust you for our leadership. I trust you for people that are, you're bringing to us that are going to get saved. I, I trust you. I trust you. I trust, and I just go, I trust him. And then I depend on the Lord for everything. Give us today our daily bread. I need him. The next thing, it's just forgive us of our, is this boring? I'm hoping that this will help some of you that can kickstart your prayer life. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is where I get my heart right. This is where you're allowed to be a dog with fleas. But you have to wait until you get here. So if you start it with some kind of error or some kind of idiocy or whatever, I don't know what, what's going on, you're not allowed to be an idiot until you get here. Now you can, all right, God, I'm sorry. I messed up again. I blew it. I punched my wife in the nose. It was terrible. I didn't mean it. I don't know what your thing is, but God, I f forgive me and forgive others um, that may have sinned against me. And you let it all go, and you let it all go, and you let it all go. Because if you don't, you carry these things. You carry these things. You'll carry shame into tomorrow. You'll carry those hurts into tomorrow. And God knows that it will prevent you from doing... <clears throat> Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now you go into warfare. And what's so important is it's important that when you have shame, that you take that off and now you put on authority. It's important. If you've sinned, okay, God forgive me, now I overcome. And you have to rise up. If you don't rise up, then how do you, how do you live your day? How do you lead at work? How do you lead in your marriage? How do you lead at church? How do you lead anywhere if you don't step into your authority? But you've got to let it go first and then step into your authority. Warfare is essential. And the last one is for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And what I like to remember is that key word forever. It means that I put all faith in God's ability for everything that I need today. God, you've got the kingdom in your hands. You can do whatever you want to do. I believe. I give you this day. Have your way. I trust you 100%. And I start the day. And you know what happens after that? I feel dang good. I'm walking with God. I'm built up. I'm confident. I'm, and not in myself. All in him.
I said a couple things today, and I say it all because of this. As a church, I'm trying to get some folks to join me in a fast. Because God knows we're entering into a time where our country needs God. Where your job needs the Holy Spirit. Where your home and your family need someone that will lead and be spirit-filled, righteous, living for God and have integrity. It's hard to do those things when prayer ain't right. It's hard to pray when you think that God is mad at you because you've done wrong in prayer. It's hard to pray when you feel like the only way that God's going to love you is if you pray more, especially when you're not praying enough because we're never going to pray enough. And three, there is blessing in prayer. And it's important that you know that. And it's important that you need that. And so I want to just equip you with some resources that can make it easier for you to follow into a rhythm where you learn how to talk to God about things that matter to Him in an order that matters to Him. And as you get good at it, great, then graduate to other prayers. Graduate to your own. But fall on this. His disciples needed it, so do I. If I need it, so do you. We're all in the same boat. Amen? Okay, I end with this. As surveys would go out across the U.S., do, you, do people believe in prayer? And everyone says yes. Then why don't we do it? I don't know why we don't do it. But here's the deal. If you don't plan it, it won't happen. We give up things we love for things we love more. We give up things we love for things we love more. And if we want to love God as a church, this church, the heart of this church is that we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And it's hard to love someone that you don't meet with. But we do love Him. But we haven't met with Him. Make it a date. Pencil it in. Make it time. Set aside time that's you and Him. And if it doesn't happen, it won't happen. If it doesn't happen, it won't happen. So think about it right now. Would you all close your eyes for a second? I'm going to give you an opportunity to meet with who I think is the greatest person that's ever walked the face of the earth. You get to meet him. I just need you to give me 20 minutes. Where in your day tomorrow will you give him 20 minutes? Give up things we love for things we love more. All right. I know that you're busy. We're all busy. We are all, the devil has us all busy. But he's worthy. Amen? He's worthy. And uh, where this is our culture. We are a people who pray. We are a people who pray. And uh, man, I can't wait for you guys to hear what's coming next week. It's going to be all... Man, we're to, next week is the kind of week where I'm going to teach you how to roll up your sleeves and pray. You don't know about that yet, Walker. It's going to be good, man. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this people. I thank you for the missions meeting that's coming. I thank you for the outreaches that's happening. I thank you for the community groups that's fixing the start. And I just thank you that this church is growing. We need everyone here if we're going to reach the lost. We need everyone to man their battle stations. We need everyone to, 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 to be ready because he's coming. So fill our, our, our lamps with oil, Lord. We love you. All we want is you. In Jesus Christ's name.
And all God's people said, I love you guys. I'll see you next week. JB, oh, um, I'll say it for you. I love you. JB had a word, and it said this. I'm so, actually, come here, man. Come here. The people in the children's church are going to be mad at me, but they can wait a second. JB loves him talking in the microphones. I love it. It's his favorite. It goes right. right in line with this sermon. Yeah, kind of does. All right, so what you guys may or may not know about me, I have one of the most hated professions in the world. I am a door-to-door salesman. So I'm the one you're Boo not. Boo this man. <laughs> uh, but in all reality, if I can usually get a minute of the person's time, I can offer them something that's really going to be beneficial to them. So anyways, this morning something was offered to everybody. You know, come up here if you need a healing. Come up here if you're stuck in a situation. Come up here if you need a financial breakthrough. Revelations 3.20 says, stand, Behold, I stand at the door knocking. And as a kid, I always thought that that meant, and maybe it is, I don't know, I could be wrong, that God's knocking on your heart door to let, for you to let him in to be saved. But it says he's continuously knocking. So when I'm knocking on your doors in your house, I see you. You have cars and a you know, thing on. Your TV's on. You're looking through the blinds at me. You may even come to the front door and see me and say, nope, I don't want it, and you walk away. And I'm just sitting there like, you don't even know what I'm offering you. It could be something really awesome. It could be bad. I don't know, you know. But you have to willingly open the door and talk to me or let Jesus in. And it goes on to say that if you let me in, I will sit and eat with you and restore you. So that's finances, healings. But the trick is you have to let that person in the door. You have to let Jesus in the door. That's it. Not necessarily me, because I may not have what you want. But anyways. True story. That's, that's, that's the true word. I mean, uh, that he's knocking. You have to answer the door. You have to. You can't just sit back in your seat and say, I'm good. I don't want it. That's it. We love you, Lord. Amen. See you next week. Now at his feet.